in Jesus' name. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. She is indeed the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is good and right that we should call her such, because she tells us we will call her that. She does so in the words of perhaps the most beautiful of all the songs in the Bible. The Bible is filled with music, filled with poetry. Perhaps this rules all of it. My soul magnifies the Lord. That's only one of several possibilities to translate the Greek in which Luke is written. Some translations will say, My soul glorifies the Lord. Some will say, My soul exalts the Lord. And those are both fitting translations of the word there, because that is certainly what Mary is doing. She is praising the Lord her God. But let's let our imaginations run away with us for a moment with the word magnify. My soul magnifies the Lord. What does it mean to magnify something? It means to make it large or make it great. It isn't it perfectly ironic, in fact, I don't think it is irony, I think it is intentional, that that which is made large and made great is the God who's in her womb. God, you see, is very, very small in Luke chapter 1 because the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, as John's Gospel calls him, that God resides in the womb of Mary. There is little so small and so helpless as an unborn child. Mary's soul magnifies the Lord, who is a small fetus in her womb, an unborn child, weak and depending upon the surrounding uterus of his mother to be protected. And yet at the very same time that God has become so small, Mary is here to magnify him, to show the greatness of God, even though he is small. And that's what we learn from Mary as the church tonight. That even when God appears small, we exist to magnify him, to make him large, to show his greatness and his goodness, to show 
that he is indeed exalted. He is the God, Mary goes on to sing, whose mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. God is a merciful God. And mercy itself could be considered a small thing. The big thing, the mighty thing that God could have done to Israel or to any who had disobeyed him is to show justice, to show vengeance. But it's God's glory to withhold his vengeance and to show mercy. Some might consider mercy to be weak. But we know it's God's glory to show mercy to the sinner, to Mary, to Israel, and to you and to me. And that's the reason for Mary's song and for us to join her in her song. In fact, it never even really says in the text that it is a song, but we treat it as such. Did she sing it when she said it? We don't know. We as the church often sing it. We do know there were poems written in scripture, for the, like the Psalms, for example, that were intended to be sung. Whether Mary sung this song called the Magnificat or not, it is our song. Because we, the church, like Mary, magnify our God. We describe the things he's done in ways that make him large, that make him seen by others in ways that might normally be unseen. You know, we as Lutherans are not known for our song At least in modern days, we are not. We are not known as an exuberant bunch of people. You're not likely to walk into too many Lutheran churches and see the congregation on their feet, (laughs) clapping to the beat, swaying from side to side, arms raised in the air. That's not really the Lutheran way of song, is it? And yet, historically, Lutherans especially... Us of the Missouri Synod were known as the singing church. It wasn't because of our exuberance so much, because you could walk into a Lutheran church on any given Sunday and probably hear the congregation singing perfectly in four-part harmony. That's one of the joys of singing all those old hymns that have been around so long and hearing them so many times. You find your part in the music and you learn to sing it and sing it well. And the voices meld together. We may not be so good at singing today as we have been in years past and generations past. But our song remains. God remains merciful. God remains at work in small things which we magnify. 
So when the Lord Jesus Christ is born of his mother, born from that small state in the depths of her womb, born to live among us and to die upon a cross, we know that cross is not the smallness of death. No, we the church magnify it and proclaim it as the greatness of our God saving us through suffering and death. When we gather and eat a little piece of bread and a small drink of wine, we magnify it and know that it is the body and blood of Christ from his cross given to us for our salvation. That when a little child is brought to the baptismal font, And washed with water in the word, it is no small thing. But as Martin Luther calls it in his flood prayer, a lavish flood, a washing away of sin. We know that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, or tonight five or six, Jesus promises he is there with them. We magnify it. We rejoice that God is with his people, even here and even now. Even in a humble virgin, betrothed to a man of Nazareth, a carpenter named Joseph, a woman of, by her own words, humble estate, she is blessed. She is blessed and we are blessed because we share in the same song. That God is at work among us in little things which we magnify. The smallest of which is the child the Blessed Virgin carries. Thanks be to God that he is seen and is at work in the little things we magnify tonight and always as his church on earth. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.